Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlife. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by me and my business, Lauren Grace Inspirations. Hi, Lauren Grace here and welcome to the show. And I'm joined today by Laurel Woodward. Laurel is a writer, a gardener and cook living a magical life in the Pacific Northwest. She has been following a solitary nature-centric practice for more than 20 years. She's the author of Kitchen Witchery, Backyard Garden Witchery, Llewellyn's 2024 Witches Date Book, and The Wellness Witchery, which is what we're going to be talking about today on the show. And as soon as I say that, I just got like covered in goosebumps. Okay, (laughs) Source, we're ready. So Laurel is joining me. I've got to tell you right off the top, we are going to have a part one and a part two of this episode because before we hit record, I had already cleared with Laurel that she's going to allocate a little extra time today because there are so many things that I want to discover with her on the show. So we're going to be talking about the power of plants. We're going to be talking about what are plant allies, how to listen and connect with plants, especially in your own backyard. We're going to be going through Laurel's top 10 favorite herbs and wine. I'm sure that was not an easy task that I put her to. We're going to be talking about the power of cycles, the moons, how to harness and work with the energy of the elements and the days of the week, and so much more. I have so many questions and so many answers as well from this fabulous book. So Laurel, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. So you've been a solitary nature-centric uh, would you say you're a witch? Do you identify as a witch as part of your title, or I, how would you I, say I do that? practice magic, but I'm a pagan. I uh, I follow pagan lifestyle. I'm an animist. Um, I, you know, believe that animals are just as sentient as people are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I live on a farm with cows and sheep and goats and dogs and cats and <laughs> lots lots of animal friends. I love that. Okay. So uh, titles aside, I guess it doesn't really totally matter, does it? Because when you're really kind of listening to your own intuition and you're following your own journey, it's really kind of a lot about expressing yourself in whatever way feels comfortable to you. You've been doing this for more than 20 years. So tell me a little bit about how did your journey begin? Um, Are animals a big part about how you sort of started on the spiritual path or did you sort of get connected to the plants early on? What sort of transpired? It was the plants, actually. Mm. It, it was uh, in my garden. I um, how it actually all started. How uh, the how I started uh, connecting with the unseen or the magical um, in our world is I participated in a homeopathy trial. And I met some really awesome people and I, we stayed in contact and a group, there were a group of five of us and they became my psychic circle. Mm -hmm. And we practiced a lot of different meditation techniques. And sometimes we just go out to lunch and talk and we were all from different backgrounds. And so their friendship really introduced me to a whole lot of new ideas. Um, One of my friends was a Jungian and Mm -hmm. uh, Carl Jung's, ideas are just fascinating yes they really opened me to all kinds of interesting new thought processes 
And another one of my friends uh, was really into the lore and history of plants. And so it made me, when I buy a plant, I would look it up and find out how it was used in the past and how it was used in the, how it's used today and how to get to know it and how to nurture it. And each of my plants became more, they became allies in my practice. Um, so really it was the plants in my garden that, that directed my whole magical path. That's just so beautiful. I feel that, you know, when I was reading your book and I've kind of had this innate need in myself to really want to understand more about the plant world. And I feel, especially where I live here in Australia and on a property that there's this, all this untapped wisdom around me. And I think I get in my own way about that. I think sometimes I go, it's just too hard or it's, there's too much to know, or it's too complicated. And I kind of scare myself in a way of getting started. But one of the things that I really loved about your book is you had such a gentle, beautiful way of introducing, whether it was a beginner level or just somebody who's a plant officiato, I guess, like someone really interested in plants already and to reconnecting maybe with their plant allies or starting to connect with them for the first time. So you use the reference just now of the term plant allies. So how do you determine what that is? Is that the same as saying a plant bestie or a plant friend? Well, you know, when you have a plant that you, that's become a plant friend, that you've gotten to know, that you've fed your attention, there is this uh, thought and there's this thought in the magical circles that when you have an ally and, and it can be any kind of ally and you feed it your attention, it facilitates its journey and its um, evolution and helps it become more. So not only are you feeding your relationship, you are making the ingredient more. And it's not just an ingredient. It actually becomes a helpful energy with a uh, consciousness that can communicate right. and support you um, and, and your work. It's like a exchange of energy, isn't it? Almost as though it's a collaboration. I think sometimes, yeah. you know, as humans, we just think that we're above everything. We kind of forget that mm -hmm. everything, even things that are seemingly not alive actually mm -hmm. have an energy. I remember, right. I can't remember, I think it was like Wayne Dyer's book or something actually, but I remember reading like, or listening to books over the years where the authors always talked about how the book has an essence, you know, mm. even though it's like not seemingly alive, that there's a vibe about it. And even if you carry it around with you and connect to it on that level, that's all you're still going to be receiving an exchange of energy and almost a collaboration there that's sort of happening even with a book. I, I love that. I love that idea. Yeah. Um, I, I also love the idea that when we put our attention into something, like something that we're making, that our attention and our energy becomes part of the structure, the physical structure that we're making. Um, I, I love that concept too. And I, I'm seeing it yeah. more and more, just things like a making tea where the instructions say have happy thoughts or, you know, uh, making ramen where it's, it says the same thing on the package, have happy thoughts. Um, or I have a box of tea that actually says has a mama's fug in it. And it's one of the ingredients. 
you know it's just it's just yes. a lovely concept it is a beautiful concept i know that even when i'm watering my plants in my home that I, when I'm filling up the water, I'm always like unconditional love water, yes, like yes. love and light. And I like yes. imagine it being sort of pinky. And then when I'm sitting pouring <laughs> in, I'm like, here you go, mama, you know, like pour it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so glad you said that. I have a quote and I wish I had it written down, but it was from a regenerative soil book. And the guy is talking about making an amendment. And he said, and have care with your thoughts because the things that you think become a part of the structure of the formula. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. You too. know, I love that we're finding it mainstream information that um, so many, so much is not known about the worlds of energy and people in every different sort of religion and walk of life and culture are starting to understand that and see that there is more than we know. Yeah, well, I mean, there's been many studies as well. I can't quote one of them, to be honest, but I know it's <laughs> there. I know they're, they're they're out there about you know when you play music to plants and how they yes. you know that attention allows them to to thrive and to grow. Uh, I've got this really beautiful meditation that I've done, and it's with this um, guy. His name's Dick Sutphen, S-U-T-P-H-E-N. He's passed now. He was a hypnotherapist. Have you heard of him before? I have not, but I'm going to look him up. Yeah, I listened to him on Empower You Radio on Hay House's app. Anyway, he's fantastic. But there's this meditation where you basically go up and you become one with the light. I think it's like wave of light or something. I can send you it. Hmm. And you basically go up and you ascend in a way and then you become one with the light. And you literally, I remember the first time I did it, I went, I literally transmuted my whole body and I just became the light and one with all that there is. And, you know, I think that when we recognize that that's actually what's going on here, that our physical bodies are not just what we see, that there's so much more that's happening and our mm -hmm. cells are moving and growing and regenerating all the time and dying off. And, we, you know, all that sort of stuff is all happening. Then it's almost a no brainer that this is happening in the world around us as well. And then you think about, okay, well, whoa, not only when, when I'm tapping into the plant world above earth, there's this whole intricate world that's happening below it mm, as well. Yes. yes. Oh, that just made me feel a yeah. lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of wonderful experiences through meditation. Um, yeah. it, some very magical. And then some just... Uh, so uplifting and uh renewing you meditate with your plants do you spend time getting to know them in that way yes. is that a lot of times it's not a it's more of an observation meditation right where you're observing them and then waiting for some kind of signal whether it's a a voice you hear inside your head or a vision that you see inside of your head or a, a feeling that you just feel mm -hmm or a dream that you have that night. Sometimes the information doesn't come immediately. Sometimes it's, it's comes to you later. So you're sort of referring to the plant ally concept, aren't you? Maybe we need to go back a minute and then we can go forward. So okay. when we're talking about a plant, a plant ally, for example, do you kind of find a plant in your area that you like to connect to? And then you make an intention of then connecting with that plant and then receiving that energy. Can you tell me a little yes. bit about your process? Yes. 
And a lot of times I do that when I come up on a new plant that I don't know. If I come up on a new plant I don't know and I identify it and I find out that it's something that could be very useful for me, then I will reach out and introduce myself, you know, through a meditation and ask it, you know, if I can need it and if it wants to become part of my, um, if it wants, you know, to, to become part of my practice, if it has an interest in joining me in work, in doing work. Um, some plants aren't very nice. Some plants are kind of standoffish. Um, most though are very, very friendly. And, and I mean, each plant does have its own personality, just like each animal has its own personality. You know, they like different things and each has a different favorite uh, activity or food or whatever. Plants are the same way. They they all, uh, you know, they have different needs. And when you get to know them and you work with them and you furnish the needs, you can form a relationship. And as you're experimenting with the plant and using it, and you pay attention to how you react to the plant and how it's reacting to you, and you keep notes, you you learn what it's good for and how it can help you. I always start with just one plant. And then after I get to know it, then I might put in like one or two together. For example, right now, one of my favorite herbs is lemon balm. And in using lemon balm, I mean, it grows like a weed here. It's incredibly, it's everywhere. You plant it once, it's just everywhere. I put it um, on my list of herbs to get. It, at the back <laughs> of your book, You, I love that you've got like notes and stuff. Uh -huh. and I've got, um, yeah, because I always write in the back pages all the things that I want. And then you actually created space for that and lemon bombs on my list. Continue. <laughs> okay. Well, it tastes great. It smells great. It has a, it, it's easy to use. It's uplifting. It has a gentle energy, but chamomile and lavender work with it really well. So you put the three together and you get a fantastic tea that you can drink to lift your mood or to calm anxiety, or you can put the infusion in your bath to have a very relaxation, you know, unwind to unwind and renew or use it as a foot bath. Mm. Um, you know, it's just, it's a lovely blend. And it's just because the three energies complement each other so well. I do want to talk to you in a minute about the power of water and baths, because I do find that you talk about that a lot in your book. Like a lot of the things that you create, you always have almost like a bath alternative for them. Um, <laughs> but just before we get to that, which I loved, I've like got so many lines where I'm like, Ooh, love that underline that. How do that? Like, so <laughs> I, I am a water person though. So, I mean, yes. that's just part of me. I, and I if you can't too. do a bath, you know, a, a foot bath is really nice. Just sticking your feet in a tub of warm water and just relaxing. And if it's scented, all the better. Yeah, that's true. I did that the other day, actually, when I was having anxiety, I went, okay, I really need to ground here. And I was just knowing that walking around. Anyway, I went into the tub and I just filled the tub up with, with water and put my feet in it. And it really helped. It does help. It does help. Mm -hmm. water is very healing yeah well why don't we get into this actually I will ask you my question quickly before I forget it okay. and then we'll talk a little bit more about baths okay. and water and I've heard about blessing water while it goes down the mm -hmm. drain and stuff I'm interested in that so just before that I want to talk a little bit about when you were talking about 
connecting with one plan and, you know, getting to know it and seeing how it can work mm-hmm. with you and the like. Do you find that it's very important to be able to give and take in a relationship with a plant? And I find that sometimes what we do is we sometimes as humans, we go, oh, how can you work for me? You know, like, how can the fairies mm-hmm. give me stuff? Or how can the elementals like give me all my goodies, whereas we kind of forget, wait a minute, I also need to give back to them. And I don't really think that they need a lot, honestly, maybe attention, love, support and that sort of way. Like I know I've got a little fairy house that I put put on my property in this like area that I felt like it should go in. And so sometimes I'll take beautiful flowers I find and put it there, like little seeds or herbs or little things I find like crystals and give them little gifts. I love that. I, I do the same. I, I offer offerings, of course, of uh, water and nutrients, but also just things I think that I think that they might enjoy. Mm-hmm. I also collect a lot of things and bring them in for offerings. I have a little dragon I keep here and I bring I bring him stones, any type of little rock that I find, I, I leave for him. He's one of my um, protectors, my house protectors. Oh, that's beautiful. I actually just did meditation (laughs) before we got on where my dragon energies came to me today. So that's very apropos. So (laughs) let's talk a bit about that exchange of energy. I know when I was reading your book, you did talk about how when you're going to, you know, maybe pick a flower or take something from a plant that you do give it an offering. I remember I learned from, um, oh man, Denise Lynn. I'm pretty sure it was from Denise Lynn. And she was talking about how she leaves a strand of hair when she's picking from the plant. And so I, yeah, so I always did that from the moment I learned that I would always be like, okay, let's, you know, let's do this exchange. (laughs) And, uh, but then when I read yours about maybe water or like different offerings that you could give, I collect moon water. And so I remember um, I went and caught this beautiful hydrangea that's behind me in, in, in the, on the video and also we got some roses the other day. And so I went and I gave an offering of moon water. So talk a little bit about for yourself. How did you learn that that was a necessary thing to do? Did it come naturally to you? Did you sort of hear the plant say, girl, you've just been taken. What's in it for me? Or how did that sort of happen? <laughs> uh, well, I do work a lot with land spirits and I do leave them a lot of offerings. And because of that work, it just I just naturally thought that you know, any sort of being enjoys being given gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's something small, you know, you're just honoring the spirit and making it feel special. And so that just carried over from that practice. And it it could be anything from a handful of ash to uh, anything that the plant might like. It, and, and I like the idea of hair. That's interesting. Yeah, well, I guess hair really you know, when we think about it, it's like an essence from you as well, because you are taking a part of the plant. And I think sometimes I feel, oh no, like if I cut, because I've got beautiful hydrangeas and I've always wanted to have them in my house and stuff. But then sometimes I go, well, I mean, maybe I don't want to take it from you because it's your sister's and I don't know. So when I went to cut this one in particular, (laughs) I definitely overthink things sometimes, but <laughs> I went over to the plant and I went, okay. And I, cause I had, you know, your book was fresh in my mind as well, but this is also something I aim to do. And I thought, who wants to come live with me? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I kind of felt into it. And there was one um, 
well, there were two that I ended up taking, but there was one in particular that was kind of jutted off to the side away from the other flowers. And I thought, oh, you, I'm going to take this one because it just felt like it was the right fit and that I'd be comfortable with that. I think when we open to our communication, a lot of information comes to us. And, you know, as humans, we need to get over our conceit of being the only uh, sentient person in the world because we're not, you know, and if we go with the idea that these other beings are trying to live their best life, you know, in our environment with us and that they can be allies, partners, friends, and then just have a conversation with them. I talk to everybody. I talk to the geese fly overhead and I call to them and bless them and wish them a happy journey. Yeah. I talk to my house, you know, and sometimes I bless my house with oil it's important to feed spirits, not not just for the spirit, but for our awareness and to remind us of the other spirits around, building upon all the relationships. I never once thought of blessing my house. I mean, when I go away, I put like a fortress around it. Um, mm-hmm. At night when I'm remembering, I always channel like beautiful light, healing light all around the property uh-huh. in my home. How do you bless your house with oil? Can you tell me a bit about that process? Oh, and, sure. Yeah. Sure. And you can use just olive oil or you can make a nice infusion, any sort of something that you're working with that calls to you as a, a blessing. Um, but olive oil has been a blessing for eons. Um, and I just mark the threshold across the top. You know, I'll dump my finger in and just draw a line across it and, and say some words of blessing. I I treat my house as a person, as part of my family. That's just so beautiful. You know what? <laughs> when you're saying that, I just feel that on it's an honoring of everything. I I got the idea. I was reading. Uh, oh, I forgot his name. He's I have him behind me, but he was he's a historian and was talking about how in in the past when they would come together to break to build the homes. They would take the, they would cut down the trees and then they would bless the the house so that the tree spirit would stay in the house to bless the family and protect the family. And I love that idea. Yes. Yeah. It's an honoring of the tree that gave up its life and it's saying, we're not trying to kill you off. We're just helping you change form. (laughs) Right. Yes. Yeah. I think, you know, when you're talking, there's just such a beauty in, in the way that you would see the world. Do you find that that's something that you've learned over time? I mean, has that evolved? You've kind of understood, I mean, I'm sure from the very get-go when you were with your psychic circle, you probably didn't automatically start blessing the house, but then you started to realize, wait a minute, everything has a soul. Like my house is talking to me when it creaks or when it Right, I, I absolutely mm-hmm. embrace having an enchanted life. Yeah. I I love that there is more out there. I love having synchronicities come to me. I love the universe speaking to me. I love seeing signs. And it doesn't matter what they are. If if I come across a playing card that's on the ground, I will pick it up and, and think the message and honor the message. And Oh, I have one just the other day. I thought, I love this. So I found this card. I was out walking and I found this card. And um, it's 
conjure woodland beings. It's a, a, a magical uh, casting action from some game. Uh, it's a druid card. And I thought, wow, I love this card. That's exactly what I want. <laughs> I, I want this power. <laughs> you just found that randomly? Yeah, I, I just found it. So so I keep it right on my desk. <laughs> I, I'm like a crow. I bring home every little thing that's interesting. And, that's so funny. And, but you know how often do we walk by little pieces of paper and not pick them up? Or right when there's like this little message that says <laughs> maybe a series of numbers and you're like, that's the lottery number that day. You didn't pick it I, up. <laughs> I am so bad that way. If I get a fortune that says a lottery number on it, I have to play those, even though they've never They've never come through. I just have to. <laughs> yeah, but the one time but, you don't play it, Laurel, is yeah. the time it comes through and you're like, so you got to play but it. But I, you know, the universe is speaking. And if we are open to its messages, it's just, it's just amazing. Hmm. One thing I want to say that I learned from your book um, that I thought was really interesting, and then I want to get into the subject of water and, and baths and things like that, uh, was when you were talking about choosing your oils to work with, because your book is so meaty, like there's there's so much in it, so many different recipes, so many different spells, so many, so many, like all this information on different herbs. I was like, oh my God, the bay leaf can do all that. I have a huge bay leaf tree in the back. I you do know, too. I love bailey. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> wow, I didn't know you could breathe it in or you could use it as, you know, purification. Is it actually an alternative for sage? Could you use? Uh, and it's not an alternative, but it is very helpful. Um, sage is more protective. A bay leaf uh, has opens intuition and oh, you can do all kinds of things with it. One One very popular, easy spell is to write a wish on it and burn it. And it releases the wish out into the universe. I love that. Last night I was like, <laughs> oh damn, put a couple of stars near that one. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so what I was going to say as well, though, is just about carrier oils quickly, because I don't know if I'm going to bring them up later, but when you were talking about olive oil, I started thinking about, oh yeah. So I, so you really inspired me in a lot of ways. I've started listening to another book on herbalism. I actually made my own oregano oil and my own uh, rosemary nice. oil in my beautiful Love jars. It. They're like sitting in the sun or sitting on the ledge right now, shaking them. I, I wrote my invocation or my, my intention on there. Like you oh, said, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm feeling all this. Here we go. This is so good. And I remembered, I was like, okay, I've got to get olive oil. Now I didn't get organic, but I got one from a brand that I really like. And I made sure mm -hmm. I chose the cold pressed because the cold pressed means a lot of those nutrients are still within that. Right. So when mm -hmm. you're choosing, I know our listeners like, girl, you're going all over the place today. Yeah. That's what's going to happen in this episode <laughs> because there's so many things that I want to talk about that I feel like if I keep leaving them for later, we won't get back to them. Um, but when you choose a carrier oil, I know you like olive oil and in your book, you have a huge list of fantastic oils and different oil options, which I thought was awesome thank you oh <laughs> yes so you need to choose cold pressed is that pretty much all the time do you recommend that well I like to be able to use an oil that is safe for your skin that you can use on your skin that and and I like things that are that don't have toxins and they Me don't too. you know they're they don't have impurities a lot of oils if they're not cold pressed they they use a really caustic process to uh get the oil out and you know, you don't want that on your skin. No, or eat it. Or, or, or to eat it. Yes, or to eat it. And I almost always use olive oil because I love olive oil. Lately, I've been using sesame seed oil too. 
for different things. One day I just started using it and I, I love the flavor in, in cooking with it. Um, and it has, has a nice scent, but it depends on what you're working for and what you're working, what you're trying to get, because olive oil does have a scent of its own. So if you're trying to make a, a perfume oil to wear, sweet almond oil might be better because it's not going to take away from your essential oils. Right. It's going to enhance them in fat. Yes. 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 Okay, cool. But I All do right. love olive oil and I do use it more than anything. Yes. You're, you're right about that. All right. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. And I, I was like, my house is going to get a blessing whether it wants it or not. <laughs> All of a sudden it's like, no, you know, the house, no, just kidding. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the power of water and um, especially, you know, in relation to the different ways that we can utilize herbs, the different concoctions that we can make. And one of the things that I love, is, as I said already, is that in your book, you have all these fabulous different recipes and things that you can do to really enhance different emotions in your life, to allow things to, to go or to allow things to, to arrive, depending on what you're looking for. Uh-huh. And um, I love that you have those bath alternatives as well. So talk to me a little bit about working with water and the element of water in relation as well to working with the plants. And I know later on in part two of our conversation, we will be talking about the elements So we will be going into that subject a little bit more in depth a little bit later. Okay. Uh, Well, you're right. Uh, Water is one of the elementals and it is the West. It's feminine. It's feelings and intuition. And when we use water or when I use water, if I, if, if I'm stuck and I'm writing, I get in the shower and there's something about the falling water that just opens my creativity and gives me new ideas. And that's weird because new ideas is air and stuff, but yeah, water, flowing water just really works for me that way. And again, uh, if, if I'm having, if I need comfort, a, co- uh, a nice hot bath on a cold day or a nice cold bath on a hot day is exactly, it just does exactly what I need it to. But I'm a water person. I love the ocean. I love walking beside a river. I love using different waters like moon water, like you were talking about. I make a lot of infusions, putting the herbs in water to, you know, pouring boiled water over them to drink or put in my bath water. Water for me is just magical. It's a, it's a wonderful carrier of magic. Um, It's healing, isn't it? It is healing. Yeah, it's healing. It's cleansing. It's uh, you know, if you if you think that you've been hexed and you need to cleanse your energy, a good bath and then releasing all the water to go down the drain, and then stepping out of it knowing that you're clean, is really fantastic for mm. for refreshing your energy and getting rid of the old. You know, it's it's just as good as saging your house and and getting the bad energy out and bringing new energy in. I know that if I'm ever around groups of people and I come home and I go, oh, I feel like all everyone's stuff yes. stuck on me. I, the, I just have a salt bath right away. Yes, yes, that's yeah. perfect. Fully yeah. immersed as well, like yes. the head, everything. Oh, sometimes I duck under three times. Just yeah. there's something of number three that just works very well to cleanse your energy. 
in your book, you talk about the bath stuff and, you know, even just now while you're saying all that, having a cold bath, I live in Australia. I don't think I've ever had a cold bath. I don't know why. I mean, I used to have a pool, but I don't right now. So now I know what, what I'm going to be doing in a couple of weeks. But uh, the other day I put rosemary sprigs in there. And I also, um, my, actually, I'd like to know your thoughts on this. So um, I picked some beautiful roses from my place. And then, you know, when they had kind of run their course, I took the them and I dried them a little bit and then I put those in the bath. Would that be, would it be better to use fresh roses in a bath or do you think it matters? It's trying to kind of prolong the. I don't think it does matter. Um, I, I love the immediacy of using fresh things. You know, I love that. But, uh, you know, in the winter, I don't have fresh roses. So I have to use dried roses when I want rose energy. So no, I don't think it matters. Plus, I love the idea that you're recycling. You're using a spent thing and and it still does have, it's very potent with its energy. Yeah. And rose is a wonderful flower to use. You know, it's a, has all kinds of, of fantastic properties in it for love and affection and healing energy and to encourage self-love. Yes. Yes, I feel that. And the thorns, so the the protection element as well. And yeah, yeah, I love all that about it. When you have a bath or when you're having a foot bath, for those of our listeners who are like, I don't have a bath. This sounds great to me, but you know, I don't even have a bath. A foot bath, like Laurel was talking about earlier, is just as well. You could even fill up your sink and wash your hands with the herb water. There's nothing wrong with that. So yeah, exactly. Do you have like a little bit of a, a purpose when you're going to have a bath very often like before you go in it or when you're filling it up you know you put your salts underneath I know you've got a little recipe there for making beautiful salt mixtures and things put them under the water and yeah go ahead it depends I take lots of baths and a lot of them are just comfort baths but yes I do do some that are complete ritual where I have an intent there's a reason why I'm doing this I've crafted a ritual and these ingredients align with my intention and I'm going to do this process and I'm going to dunk under and I'm going to say these words and I'm going to release this energy or I'm going to draw this energy and I'm going to use candles and incense and other things to, you know, align those energies to make my working. So, you know, it, it just depends. But most of my baths are pretty, uh, I need a bath right now. You know, <laughs> yeah. I have bath salts in there already that I can use, you know, or, or I I made a bunch of bath bombs. Um, and I love making bath bombs. They're just, bath bombs can be so expensive, but if you have the, if you buy big bags of the stuff to make it and you always have it around, they're really cheap. Mm -hmm. How do you make it again? I know you've got your recipe in here, but do you remember off the top of your head? It's citric acid, Epsom salt, and baking soda I can't remember the quantities but you mix that together give it a squirt with witch hazel hold it together you can't do it on a humid day because they won't set (laughs) so you have to have a dry day and uh you put your essential oils in and you can put up to like 50 um drops so you you figure out which which ones you want to use and you do the math to make them under 50 if you do more than 50 you could burn your skin, you know, with the oil, you know, per batch. And I discovered they have those little moon cakes. Do you know what a moon cake is? No. I think they're Chinese. Well, they have little moon state um, stamp things for people who make them. Oh, moon cakes. They make perfect bath bombs. Um, Writing it down. I'm writing it down. (laughs) 
they make a good size and they're decorative and they make them, they press them just hard enough to hold them together. Anyway, I, I love this little moon cake stamps. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm going to check that out. I love that. You were talking <laughs> earlier and you could also put dried flowers and herbs yes. and things like that oh, yeah. in your bath bombs. You don't and... want to stop up your pipes though. Right. Yes. I rem... You do have to be conscious of having things go down the grain and you can just use a, a skimmer in the, you know, if you, if you do that, or you can put your herbs in a stocking. Okay. Thank you. Cause that's what you did say in, uh, you were like, put them in a sachet or something like that. Yeah. I wasn't really sure. So a stocking, that's perfect alternative. Yeah. Yeah. Anything like that. And just, yeah. just to hold them together. So they don't go down the drain. Okay. You don't I need to call in a plumber. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Especially when you live on farms like us, it's like not always yeah. easy to get a plumber. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. When you were talking earlier, you're saying that when you go into the tub and then you're, you're maybe immersed in the water that you say some words. And I know that you've got different incantations um, in your book that you talk about. How important are the words or is it the intention behind the words? And do you find that you like to give people or recommend that people have a bit of creative license? Yes. Well, the words are important because when we're saying those words, we hear those words and the brain believes what it hears. So it works on our psyche. That's just psychology. The brain does believe what it hears. So words mm -hmm. are important. It's a self-hypnotic hypnosis thing. So if you're saying, help me be the best that I can be, you know, something like that, you're, you're working on something that you are putting out there for you to work on. You're not just releasing it to the universe. You're giving it to yourself as well, you know, to work on. You're, you're giving it to your subconscious. Yeah, that's really beautiful. It actually made me think about how, you know, sometimes I'll talk out loud if I'm frustrated or I'm needing to work something out or if I'm really in my head and I need to kind of hear it so that I can see that, mm -hmm. you know, what I'm saying is like what I'm thinking isn't maybe valid or, you know, to kind of free myself. Yeah, I love that idea when you can say things out loud, your brain is then hearing them in a different way versus it's yeah. the whole idea, I think sometimes of we need to free our free the open the gates in our brain so that we can allow that kind of almost to drain out like the whole tub concept when you just see the water go down the drain and know that it's free. Uh, right. It's the same right. kind of idea, isn't it? Then you allow inspiration yes. to enter or even just clarity and peace of mind. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's right. In your book, you talked about how you, you ended up writing this. Was it around COVID or after COVID? Mm. I know there were some, yeah. some really difficult things that were happening around the time of this book coming to fruition. You talk a little bit about that. It was during COVID lockdown. And um, at the time I was living in Oregon in a little neighborhood in a house. It sort of become a bit of a hermit. And I was trying to come up with my third book, my my editor had put an idea in my head for one and the ideas just weren't gelling. I did this conference. It was a, a Yule foods and stuff. And one of the listeners asked if my practice had changed at all. And I realized that it, it most definitely had. Um, I had, I had started using the plants in my immediate vicinity and turned to the ones that were nervines, you know, that, work to calm your nerves and adaptogens that help you adapt. And they had become the, the key of most of my formulas. Chamomile, lavender, lemon balm, catnip, mimosa tree that stood in the middle of my lawn, passion flower, hawthorn, 
all those. I was using all those. And they were they were helping me find hope in a world that was uncertain. Because a lot of us went to a really dark place during that time because uncertainty does that to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you listen to the news and you hear all these terrible things. Your world's changing. How do you how do you find stability? How do you find your center? That's how this book came out. Uh, little ways to comfort, find comfort, like gratitude or like narrowing your view down to the things that are positive in your world, um, celebrating all the good that is in your life. You know, not don't don't look at the big bad wolf. I mean, we we do look at the big bad wolf, but don't dwell on the big bad wolf. Yeah, yeah. Don't think dwell about on think about and celebrate the blessings that you have. Mm-hmm. And that's how this book came about. In your book, you say. I realized that not only had my practice shifted from bold rituals for prosperity and abundance to smaller, more frequent rituals for comfort and solace, but I had embraced the adaptogens and nervines growing in my environment and made them the foundation of most of my remedies, potions, and formulas. The next day, I began composing these plant profiles. These are the allies that have been prominent in my practice. Many are either adaptogens that help us deal with stress and restore balance or nervines that calm anxiousness and support the nervous system. Each has the potential to become a powerful ally to help you to be healthy, happy, and magical. And then you go on to describe all these beautiful plants. And it's not only that you're just like, here's the name, but you actually give how to use it. And you talk about the history of it. And I really love that. And there's so many practical uses for all of these beautiful herbs that you have mentioned within the book. So I was wondering if maybe uh, we're coming to the end now of part one, you would be comfortable with sharing your top 10 favorite herbs and why? Sure. How easy was that, Laurel, to (laughs) to choose those 10? Did you you cheat? Are there more than 10? It was kind of hard getting it organized, but they came to me pretty much right away because it's just what I'm using. And of course, the Lemon balm, chamomile, and lavender are three of my top ones. After that, I went right to uh, culinary herbs because people are familiar with culinary herbs. And I want people to understand that just because something is ordinary does not mean it isn't helpful or magical. Yes. Uh, And a lot of the culinary herbs are incredibly easy to grow. But my favorite ones are rosemary, thyme, oregano, sage, and bay leaf. And they're Mediterranean herbs. They're very easy to grow. They're easy to clone. And you plant them once and you'll always have them. Especially if you live in a zone where they thrive. I think, I'm pretty sure you do. I do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Rosemary, for example is a nervine. It acts upon the nerves to quiet nervous excitement as it boosts cognitive power and improves memory. Um, Studies have shown that if you have an infusion of rosemary twice a day, it significantly lowers anxiety levels, improves memory and sleep. And another study showed that it boosts brain health and protects you against negative effects of aging. Both of those studies can be found in health point. Um, You know, rosemary has been used for thousands of years um it's an old world herb it's uh one of the 
herbs of love with uh, oregano and thyme. So when you put it in a spaghetti sauce, you're actually conjuring affections and romance. But it also has protective powers to chase away a gloomy mood, give you uplifting energy. Rosemary is a herb of remembrance. So when you smell something uh, of rosemary and you're in the moment, it will help you remember that moment. So if you're having a romantic evening and or you're just having friends for dinner and you want to make the, the moment memorable, you can make rosemary bread. And as you're eating it, it will help impress the memories in your um, memory. I, I love that about herbs. I love that there's so many levels of things you can use them for. Yes, I have read this book. I can't remember what it's called right now, but it's basically about these sisters and this one sister. She's an amazing caterer and she... Um, also has like, like this enchantment about her, you know, like she lives a magical life kind of thing. And she's cooking these her, um, different dishes. And so depending on the outcome her client wants at their party, she'll put different ingredients in there. And I, I remember, love that. Yes. I remember <laughs> reading that and going, oh, so exactly what you just said with the rosemary. So for example, <laughs> if she wants to ignite like um, young love and like remembrance and stuff. She might do certain things and she wants peaceful and calm. She might do lavender or other things. And, and it wasn't until I read your book and even that you're just reconfirming it now that I went, wait a minute, I can do that. Like I stir love and things through intention, but never in that way. I just find Laurel, <laughs> like this subject, it just makes me get excited about being alive, you know, invoking yes. this magical life that we, that I've always wanted to create for myself. I just love that you're, you know, kind of <laughs> putting us in the driver's seat of going, this is how you can do it. And, and basically the first step is you just do it. You, just do you, it. you just do it. You be present when you're present and you're aware life happens and you see the magic happening around you. Unfortunately, a lot of us do things multitasking and things get by us that we just don't even notice because we're so busy. Yeah. But if you if you make it a point to be present, that's the first step, just being present. Yes, I agree. All right, let's keep going down the list. Okay. Woo. Uh, for my favorite flowers, it would be rose, California poppy, and violets. Roses are mild sedatives. They're antiseptic. They're anti-inflammatory. Rose energy is calming and uplifting and it supports us in times of grief rose scent lifts outlook and encourages the ability to love california poppies you might not know this but they are a a cousin of poppies they um do not have narcotic properties they won't cause addictions but they do have a sedative properties and anti-anxiety properties they're used to relieve nervous tension and soothe headaches mm -hmm. and if they're taken before bedtime they can help you get a restful sleep we have a lot of wild violets appearing. They just come up everywhere. Violets are soothing nervine with uh, slightly sedative properties. They can be made into an infusion to grant calm clarity without drowsiness. It can also be used to heal a broken heart or sweeten an attitude re or reduce anger and grief. Mm. And I shouldn't leave out St. John's Wort. St. John's Wort, you have to be careful out here because it's invasives and mm. livestock. If livestock eat it, they get photosynthesis and they'll get horrible burns all oh. over their body so you can't have you know how like uh morning glory is local we and if a cow eats it they go local well saint john's word is not another pasture 
prohibited plant. Wow. So you have to, if you, if you grow St. John's wort, like I do, I grow it in boxes. It, you know, keeps it from getting away from me. And it's a wonderful nervine. Um, it supports uh, emotional well-being, reduces agitation, moodiness, and depression. In my book, I have a Be Happy Tea, which is St. John's wort and California poppy. And it's just a nice, simple combination that soothes nervousness and can help you find perspective. How many is that? How many have we done? <laughs> I think that's, is that eight or not? Eight? I don't, I'm uh, not sure actually. Because I know uh, you kind of group some subjects together. Right, so right. Trying to see, uh, but that's a good amount regardless of people sort of getting started. One of the reasons yeah. why I wanted you to talk about that was because I think that much like I shared at the very beginning, sometimes it feels like this big world and you're not really sure how to kind of get into it or get started. One thing you should do, mm -hmm. and, and I encourage anyone who wants to work with plants, get to know the plants that are in your yard. Yes. Get to know the plants that are right there. Even if you think it's just a weed, you might really be surprised by what is actually growing there. That That's where you should start is just learn the plants around you. And yes. then pick one or two that you really, really like and use them a lot and get to know them and get to know how you respond to them and how they affect you. If, if you have any negative effects, of course, stop using it. Mm -hmm. But uh, test it out, you know, see what it's yeah. like. Like yes. for me, we have a insane amount of mint. Like oh, I yeah. have to move it. I'm going to transplant it somewhere so it can go crazy in an area that I'm happy for it to go crazy in because right now it's kind of going crazy yeah. in an area that I want to contain a little bit more. But um, so that would be a good idea, wouldn't it? For me to go oh, and fantastic. start to get to know mint a little bit more and maybe make a, a mint oil or something like that. I don't mint know. is a great plant. It's yeah. edible. You, you can make a tea out of it. You can use it for all kinds yes. of things. It's pleasant tasting. It has uplifting energy, stimulating, stimulates happiness, stimulates creative thought. Yeah, mint is a great plant, but you're right. It could be very evasive because it has runner's roots that, you know, yeah. just take over. And sometimes I'm like, I feel bad because I'm going, you know, seriously, sister, this is too much, you know, here. You can go <laughs> yeah. over there and do your thing, but yeah. right here. So, <laughs> yeah, but anyway... <laughs> All right. Well, listen, let's get into part two of our conversation now, uh, okay. because part two, unless you wanted to add a little bit more in terms of plant. I mean, this is a thing, Laurel, you've got over 20 years experience. You, I'm sure if I gave you the opportunity, you could probably talk about one herb for many, many minutes, <laughs> you know, probably like even up to an hour, if, if not just one herb, let alone you know, all of the different ones you want to explore. Is there anything, maybe a lasting kind of thought that you want to leave people with before we get into the subject of moons and cycles and working with the elements in terms of the plant kingdom? I love how you talked about connecting with the plants in your own backyard. I guess one thing I do want to ask you just before you answer that question as well is how do you kind of recommend people start to remember this stuff? Is it a lot about their own exploration, like you mentioned, to see how it resonates with them? And that's going to be an easier way of retaining a lot of this information? Or is it just plain? Absolutely. Keep a journal. Keep a journal. journal. Yes. Write down the plant. Write down its anything you find out about it. Write down its lore. Write down any reference that you come across. Just keep a journal. 
you know, that's how my books uh, came about. When I started gardening years and years and years ago, I kept a journal and that journal turned into a computer floppy disk. And then that floppy disk turned into a CD-ROM. And after a while in, what was it like two, like, oh, I guess it was like, uh, maybe 2017, 2017, I had 600 pages of herbal notes. Wow. Um, and I started, uh, a friend of mine was looking at it and she said, you know, you should make this a book. And I was like, no, these are my innermost thoughts. I'm not going to yeah, turn this into a book. personal no. to me. This is my... It, it, yeah. But I used huge chunks of that for kitchen witchery, for garden, backyard garden magic, and for... Uh, this uh, wellness witchery, uh, my, most of my, my herbal content was from those notes that I had just accumulated over time. How did you feel sharing that stuff? Because, you know, you do talk oh, about I... sharing your own personal rituals, your stories, your spells, your, your private words, your invocations and incantations. I mean, was it difficult originally to be vulnerable with that? Or did you have to kind of just I don't know, release it to yes. the world and not worry about how it was received. Oh, I'm still worried about how it's received. I mean, those are your innermost thoughts. It's your own private practice. When you open that, each one of my books is where I was at that time in my practice. And when you open that information for the world, you're, you're burying your soul. I don't read reviews or critiques because first off, I think it's unfair that people would critique your own personal journey. But yeah, it's, it's a dagger to your heart, you know? That's all right. And some people leave reviews and you're just going, what? I remember yeah. one of my favorite reviews ever that I read. Yeah. It was up in an area north um, in North Australia. We were thinking of going and taking a little trip there. We were just looking at some of the reviews for the one of the accommodations. And this person, <laughs> I think it was one out of five stars or something. And they said, it was really windy, one out of five stars. And then the accommodation wrote back and said, <laughs> Hey, we're really sorry that uh, you found that it was windy, but as you may know, we're not able to control the wind, um, but we really <laughs> hope that, you know, you found a good stay somewhere else later or something like that. I just thought, yeah, that's the kind of people we're dealing with online. Yes. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Cool. That's so not to invite that energy in. just exactly. know it's out there and avoid it. Exactly. Any other comments that you wanted to make on the plant kingdom or working with plant allies or anything before we get into the part two of our conversation? Um, just that when you do start working with a plant and you do form a plant ally, it really will open you up to the other beings present in our world. It will change your perspective. It will change your whole outlook. So I encourage you to do that. I encourage anyone to do that. I feel in a way we needed that music where it was like dinner and you're going, no, <laughs> I encourage you to do that. It's not scary. It's exciting. It's, it's liberating. It's showing you that there's all of this wonderment that you mm -hmm. can have in your life instead of the small little area that you think you've been living in. Instead of what we're told is there, that it is a wonderment. There yeah. is, there is amazement and awe and wonder to be found. 
Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.